people want to know why we do what we do. They want to know where we're going. We're two guys with big hearts. We love telling a good story. And we're damn good at it. We're local realtors who love serving others. We are relationship-based and data-driven. We love showcasing our corner of the world. And we do it in style. We are the local voice in the community. It's time to turn on the mics. And let's get to the show! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show today. Excited to be here in the Betty D studio, sitting with our guest today, who is someone that you should definitely know. You might already know him, in fact, from his strong social media game, his entertaining catchphrases, or his drive to make the car buying experience so smooth, you're going to brag about it. Yeah, we're excited to be here today with Alan Stern. Uh, many of you know him if you're watching this. The man uh, does a lot of things, but he is really good and really knowledgeable when it comes to uh, being able to sell cars. And let's be honest, uh, in this market that we're in right now, there's a lot of information that us as consumers need to know. And Alan's here today, uh, not only to have fun with us and drink some beer, which we'll dive into, uh, but he's going to go into some things that are happening in the car market that you should be aware of as a consumer. But before we dive in, uh, let's go ahead and and uh, hear a word from our sponsor. All right, friends, we are excited to showcase one of our sponsors, Bellworks Chicagoland and Hoffman Estates. Bellworks is new to the Chicago area, but the vision has been around since 2008 in New Jersey. We decided to set up our office and studio here at Bellworks because the energy within the building is off the charts. Working around other businesses and entrepreneurs in this modern space is unlike any other place available here in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. From the unique design to the vibe of being around other businesses and entrepreneurs, we were hooked from the first time we walked through the doors. The vision behind the Bellworks model is special, and in our opinion, the future of how we will work, live, and play. They coined the term Metroverb, Metropolis and Suburbia. My friends, it is the best of both worlds, a city vibe, but right here in the suburbs of Chicago. Bellworks is a destination for business, culture, and life unlike any other in our area with world-class offices, one-of-a-kind retail space, delicious dining options, awesome event spaces, and much more. The build-out is still in the beginning stages, but trust us when we say that it is a special place. Bellworks is unique and that is a special place for any size business. Businesses have the opportunity to grow without ever having to leave Bellworks. They can start with a private office within a collaborative co-working environment called CoLab. When they grow to where they need more space, they can get a private built-out spec suite within the ready-to-wear suites. And if the business keeps growing, they can have a suite built up on the third and fourth floors. The building is truly meant to create a community to help businesses thrive, grow, and be successful. The building is beginning to come alive and growing with tenants every single day. We are having a blast here at Bellworks and have enjoyed our new routines from working out in the Fit Lab gym that is available on the lower level to our coffee and lunch from fairgrounds in the square. Bellworks is bringing urban cool, urban comfort, and urban convenience to the suburbs. To learn more about Bellworks, visit www.bellworks.com or reach out to us. We would love to connect you with them. All right, guys, you got to come check out Bellworks and stop in and say hi to us. You have free Wi-Fi here and you could uh, set up shop, work from uh, the square, from the collab area and uh, enjoy yourself. Before we get rolling, we need to talk about what's in our cup today. Every show we like to highlight a different local beer that is somehow connects to our guest. Today is no different. I uh, chose the selection today from Metropolitan Brewing, which is located in Chicago on Rockwell Street. The beer is called Flywheel Pilsner Lager. If you need some fly wheels, 
you need to go to Alan Stern to get hooked up, right? That's an obvious correlation. <laughs> and Alan likes this. So I hit the, I hit it on the head. If you want a smooth, refreshing drink, you need to grab a flywheel Pilsner from Metropolitan Brewing. What about a smooth and efficient car buying process? Who are you going to call that? <laughs> Alan Stern. Yeah, see? Of course. For those who are not familiar with different types of beer, the Pilsner is what comes to mind when you think of a simple, straight-up beer. This is also reflective of Alan, who is our guest today. If you want a straight-up and simple car buying experience, you need to seek out Alan Stern for your next vehicle pur purchase. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Enjoy. Cheers. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank and you. Welcome to the show, brother. Look forward to a good conversation. Uh, before we dive in today uh, to stuff about cars and what's happening in the market, just uh, let our audience know just a little bit about who you are. So I'm the guy that you call if you need a newer used car. I happen to work for a Lexus dealership. However, as far as used cars, we've got just about anything that you can think of. My two cents on it is like this. If you were to go on Google and type in what percentage of people dislike buying a car, Believe it or not, there was actually a study that was done. 87% of people, when surveyed, said they disliked something about buying a new car. That's a huge number. So my, I can believe that, though. Like, there's got to be sure. something along the way. Finding the car, negotiating with it, getting the financing. There's got to be something that makes them unhappy. There's so many moving yeah. parts. Now, the way that I think about it is that's a huge opportunity. Because if I show you how to be part of the 13% that actually enjoys buying it, I got a customer for life. And that's where I came up with my slogan, car buying that's so smooth, you'll brag about it. If I focus all my time and energy on making sure everything is done correctly and just blow you away, what better source of advertising than that? Yeah, and I do remember even on Rat Goose podcast, we brought it up, your tagline, because I constantly see it. And I'm like, that's a catchy. Honestly, <laughs> it, it actually... Like Alan made uh, another person's live video and teaser video. That we made. <laughs> uh, you're that cool, man. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you like your guerrilla marketing is so strong. You're making it into other people's features. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. I mean, I just so a lot of it might have to do with my social media presence. You know, uh, people asked me uh, a, a few weeks back, hey, what did you do during the coronavirus shutdown of 2020? Well, like everybody else. Like a lot of people, I should say, I went home, I drank craft beer, and I made memes and videos <laughs> of bad things that happen if you buy a car without calling me first. And it just took off. So for our audience out there, you're like, you're talking to a car salesman, right? A car salesman, no offense, Alan, there's a stereotype out there. Just Plug like for ears, realtors. Oh, right. <laughs> just like for realtors, there is a stereotype out there. But uh, my friends, he's super well-respected within the community, and he's great on social media uh, Go check him out on Alan Stern. But uh, reason why is you don't take yourself seriously. Like you make the process fun, but you truly care about the people that you're serving or that you're making laugh. Like if I'm having a bad day, I'm going to go check out your like news feed to be able to check out like what type of meme or what type of thing that you made because it's engaging and it, it's entertaining. Uh, so how, just to kind of dive in before we get everything else, where did that come from? Like what a, yeah, what inspired you to, to do your social in that way. No, I appreciate that. Hey, the, the key word that you said there was serve. I don't like to sell. Nobody likes to be sold, especially a car. Because like you said, there's there's movies that are made about my industry. <laughs> but if I serve you instead of sell you, that's a very different world. And I ask myself, like, what are some of the main questions that people have before they buy a car? You know, what is the gas mileage? Does the car use premium gas? What is the safety rating? What cars are reliable? Which ones aren't? What brands are going to run you an arm and a leg to maintain over the course of 10 years? And one way that I figured out I can serve people is I created this 
ultimate used car cheat sheet right here, where in one place you could literally find everything, which helps you narrow down a car before we even talk. And then you can just go on Google and type in auto loan calculator and you have an idea of what a payment would be. Regardless of what the rate is, you can just kind of play around with it on your own time. And it makes life easier for them, makes life easier for me. That way, when we actually do meet up, they know you've got a blue 2015 Toyota Corolla that gets X amount of gas mileage. Here's the project, uh, projected cost of maintenance. And it's a million times easier. So that's one of the ways that uh, I do it. And it's, it's, it, it's, it's really helped out over the years. That's awesome, Andy. I love how you make it simple. Uh, you always haven't been a car salesman. Tell us a little bit about your journey and what's led you to here. So it, uh, my, my marketing journey, let's just say, actually started in my mid to late teens when I started a DJ company. Car sales and owning a DJ company are two completely different fields, but they're 100% self-generated, which means if I don't market my tail off and I don't sell my tail off, zero income is going to come in. And so, struggling for food. You start, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. It's hard to feed your family. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I got in the car business in January of 2011, had an awful start. Believe it or not, I was almost fired multiple times within the first six months, not for lack of effort, but just because I was never really properly trained on what questions to ask, the correct way to dress, the mannerisms, all of that. You know, I was still stuck in DJ mode with facial hair. Uh, I can see like an open the, button shirt, a lot of gold chains. Oh, you know? the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the light beige plaid suits. Uh, no, I just had <laughs> basically I had nightclub DJ hair with loud clothes. And when you're in your early 20s selling cars in the North Shore, it just, it just didn't work for yeah. sure. So eventually failed myself forward. Um, you know, after about a year, figured it out. Things started going good and moved into the luxury world back in um, February of uh, 2017. Okay. So you've been in this game for a long time. So let's talk a little bit about like right now, everybody, I, I'm almost up for a car. It's not that I'm hitting you up at this point, but every time I talk to you somebody, that Toyota Corolla, you <laughs> yeah, right. what's that gas mileage? Well, no. well, he's seen what happens if you buy a car without calling me first. So that's, <laughs> that's the real reason. That's my last two cars. No. So like when you talk about right now, everybody that I mentioned, I need to buy a car. They tell me, why would you buy a car now? It's so, it's so much more expensive than it used to be. There's no chips from wherever the chips are supposed to be coming. You can get a, um, a lease, you know, for more expensive than you could get a used car. You can get a, a new car. Everyone's got a reason why gas prices are going to $5. Mm. I never hear why I should buy a car right now. So as an expert in the field, why are people going into the market right now and purchasing? That's a great question, by the way. So let me ask you something. If I told you right now your car was worth two to $4,000 more than it normally would have been in 2019, is that a good thing? To me, yeah, for sure. It's tilted both ways. You're buying high. I mean, there's, 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 no, there's no debating that. You are paying more money right now for a car, whether it's new or used, than you were pre-COVID. Yeah. However, your car Same is also worth house, a lot yeah. more money. Yeah, your car is also worth a lot more money than you might even think it is. So give me an example. Let's say that you're somebody that rolled in negative equity, meaning your car was worth less than the amount that you owed on it. If you rolled in negative equity a few years back when you bought the car, your car is worth more right now, which means two things. First, it's a great time to refinance if you love the car that you're driving and you don't need to get rid of it. But because you're buying high right now and your car is worth more money, it gives you a great opportunity to get into a lease and protect yourself. So let's say that the market corrects itself and your car gets totaled, whether it's your fault or not, your car gets totaled, stolen, a tornado happens, whatever it is. And let's say that your payoff is $30,000. 
but the insurance only wants to give you 20. If you don't have gap insurance, which you have to buy if you purchase a car, yeah. I mean, that could really cause some problems for you. You're in a bad spot. But if you get into a lease, you're protected. You know that you're driving the car within the best years of its life, full factory warranty. And if something goes wrong, you're really not going to get blindsided with an expensive repair. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that's going on right now. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I think over, if I look in the past, like I heard leasing is like, it's not the best way to be able to purchase yeah. a car. Um, avoid the lease. Avoid, avoid the lease. lease. Yeah. Is there a miss in that? Obviously now there is, and it makes more sense. But overall, can you explain a little bit about the leasing process? Absolutely. And I love the fact that you're a realtor because I'm just going to use an example relative to you. Let's say that you and I work yeah, together. Make it as easy as you can for Jason. Fifth you know grade I mean? level. Man. Bring Fifth it real level. low. Oh, even Fourth better. Hey, do you have uh, crayons? Maybe I can do some <laughs> stick figures. <drawings. laughs> so let's say you and I were working on a house and you said, hey, Alan, you know what? This $400,000 house that you're going to be buying for me today is going to be worth about half what you paid for it in three years. Do you think it's in the best interest for me to buy that house? Yeah. No. How's that different from a car? reality is a car, the longer you keep it, the more money it's going to cost you. Sooner or later, it goes out of warranty. Yeah. And it's never going to be worth what you pay for it unless it's a bizarre market or yeah. it's like an exotic car because that's kind of a, a market of its own. Houses are a little bit different because what goes up comes down, but then goes back up, right? If you're in it for the long game yeah. in a house, mm. you could still win. That's true. Uh, but a, a car, car, you'll never win. A that. car, yeah. the depreciation on it's going to be coming right off. It's if you have your car in 10 years, because you're waiting for the prices to come back. That that's not going to happen. A house that could be that story. Sure. Yeah. Same thing. And you know, for anybody who's watching this, that may be in the financial industry, let's say that I had ten thousand dollars investable cash right now, and you said, "Hey, Alan, you got ten G's to play with as far as an investment. I'm going to turn it into five grand in two years." I'd tell you to pound sand, kick rocks, and <laughs> we wouldn't be working together. But the reality is the car is not going to go up in value. You know it's going to cost you money. It doesn't matter if you buy it or if you lease it. It's an expense either way. So if you know you're going to lose your tail, why not lose as little as possible with as few risks as possible? And that's what leasing allows you to do. You know, you have the option to buy it out at the end of the lease. So just at a simple, simple fifth grade level, think of it as rent to own. Let's say... I, I work for a Lexus dealership. So let's say that you're looking at a $50,000 car. If you buy it, that means you make a commitment upfront to spend $50,000 plus your taxes and fees. Whether you write a check for it, whether you finance it, whatever it is, you've made that commitment to spend X. On a lease, it's rent to own. Let's say that you only pay for half of the vehicle upfront. Cool. What happens at the end of the lease? Let's say that you paid $25,000 in payments. You have what's called a residual value at the end of the lease, which is a fancy word for saying that's the payoff or the end buyout. Just pay the remaining residual value, add your taxes, and it becomes your car. So these re residual values or payoff amounts at the end, are they also tied to what the market is? So are those residual values higher than they were a year ago, or do they fluctuate a lot? Great question. So it's locked in stone. Let's say- When you leased it. When you leased it. Okay. So at least, again, the manufacturer says, hey- I think your car is going to be worth X at the end of three years or four years, whatever you decide with X amount of miles, which is usually between 7,500 miles a year on the low end and 25,000 miles a year on the high end. Most leases that you see advertised are for 10,000 miles a year because it's kind of average driving. Yeah. So you're locked in to whatever that resale value is, which is cool because the people who leased cars back in 2018 and back in 2019, when the residuals were kind of in the tank, because the industry was discount heavy.
Those cars are worth way more money right now than what the buyout is. So let's say that you're somebody that doesn't need a second car and you just you're working from home like a lot of people are. There's a chance that instead of you turning that car in at the end of the lease like you normally would, sell it back to the dealership and now you just made a few thousand dollars on a payday. That's crazy. It's fantastic. It's, it's almost like insane right now if you look at the market. If you leased a car in 18 or 17, 19, somewhere around there, you definitely should be buying the car and then sell, at least buying it and then selling it. It's it's laughable. Yeah. And, yeah. and you and you bring up a, another point that I wanted to bring up. So let's say that you lease the car. Again, you drive it off the lot. It's no longer the dealership car. And on a lease, it's never yours. It's the manufacturer's lender. It's the leasing company. In my case, that's Lexus Financial Services. So what a lot of manufacturers or leasing companies have done is they've stopped third-party lease buyouts, which means let's say that you were driving an Audi. Okay. And you leased it and you wanted to trade it in for one of my cars. I can't even take it in on trade because it's not your car. It's Audi financials, which means if you did want to sell it to anybody else outside of the Lex, I'm sorry, the uh, Audi or the Volkswagen world, one of their dealerships, you would have to buy it, pay the taxes on it. So it becomes your car and then you can sell it on your own or you can sell it to like CarMax or uh, Carvana or whomever. You're able to do that. But yeah, there's uh, a, a bunch of changes that have happened within the past few months uh, because of the inventory. Which is flipping everything on end. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like my dad would kill me if I went out and bought a brand new car mm -hmm. because he would just say like, as soon as you drive it off, you're paying their depreciation. What's wrong with you? You should buy a used car, drive it as long. You know what I mean? Because you drive it for five years when you have the loan. And then the next five years is gravy. I'm making mm -hmm. money on the next five years. Right. So tell me a little bit about buying new cars versus used cars because everything I'm hearing Used cars are like almost hitting what new cars are, right? Like, is there sometimes even more expensive right especially now? Especially Lexus because it's in Toyota and the ones that'll they'll drive 300,000 miles, right? Mm -hmm. it, it it all depends. So there's no substitute for a new car. There there really isn't. If you'd like something new and you're the type of person that doesn't really want to worry about did the previous owner fix, maintain, repair it, or any of the other things, get a new car. And when you get a new car, there's two ways to do it. Option A is you buy it, which as you just mentioned. Um, I also relate a lot to that because of how I was raised. I'll, I'll shed some light on saying, that in a little bit. I, my dad would kill me if I went out and bought a brand new. I would never <laughs> hear the end of it. Every day I'd be like, you just wasted 20%. I drove it off the lot. 100%. No, I, I get it. So if you're the type of person that says, hey, I'm spending a lot of money and I want what I want. I want white with light interior and I don't want anybody else to have driven this car. Get a new car. But when it comes to getting something that is used, there's something called a certified used car. Are you familiar with that term? I know the term. Yeah, I don't know what it means, but I've heard that, of it before. Yeah. So, you know, luckily not all dealerships are like this, and, you know, most of them aren't nowadays, but there's a lot of stores that in the past, they would just take something in on trade, run it through the wash, and slap a for sale sign on it. The whole idea of you buying a certified used car is it's backed with extra warranty from the manufacturer, and you know there's been some really strict standards that they've looked at. In my case, working for Lexus, something that is L certified, Lexus certified, you know the car has been through a 161 point inspection. Everything major, everything minor has already been looked at and it meets certain standards. You know the body conditions in a certain way. Then at that point, what happens is there's extra warranty coverage. So let's say that you bought a brand new Lexus, four years, 50,000 miles would be your full bumper to bumper warranty. So something goes wrong with it, you bring it to any Lexus store, there's no deductible, Lexus picks up the tab on it. Now, what you would have is a two-year extension on that, and mileage cap actually goes away. 
So that 50,000 mile cap would go out the window. And now you actually got an unlimited mileage warranty. So there's some people who can really take advantage of that. And I'm just going to use realtors as an example because you guys drive a ton. Let's say that you bought a new car, you put on 20,000 miles a year. Well, in two and a half years, you're on a warranty. Yeah. You buy something that's certified use, you get extra time on it, unlimited mileage warranty, you're making out like a bandit. Yeah. So in that case, for somebody like yourself, it would make more uh, sense to uh, buy certified used. Yeah, cool. That's really good to know. Uh, what do we, uh, and I get this, asked this question a lot in the real estate market, like when do we see this correction like taking care of itself as yeah. we work through this and the supply chain comes back? Is there anything that you heard in your industry that um, might be good for our listeners? I wish I knew. Yeah. Be real direct with you. If you would have told me back in uh, 2020 when we first started getting inventory issues, I would have thought it would have corrected within a year. Yeah. Everybody's trying to catch the falling knife for uh, lack of better words, but yeah. nobody knows when it's going to correct itself, yeah. which is one of the reasons why I personally, I would say this to my family, my friends, my best customers, whoever it is, even if the payment is the same, maybe even higher on a lease, get into a lease right now. That's really, it's in your best interest. Because like everything is pointing towards, nice yeah. but everything's pointing towards a correction. You know what right. I mean? Like gas prices. Now we got a war. You got all this stuff going on. Mm. You can't just keep inflations going up. Like at some point, people are going to stop buying. You would think. Right. But I when I what I saw the end of 2021 was dealerships. The parking lot started looking empty. Mm. Right. Now I'm starting to see they're looking like not full, but they're starting to fill up again. So are you starting to see that churn? Are you getting more inventory that you can sell people, or is that still a real issue? It's still a real issue. The reality is we're getting inventory. Everybody's getting inventory, but the market's that hot right now. As soon as it's coming in, it's, it's, it's going, going out. out. Yeah. Okay. So the days of somebody coming in and saying, all right, cool. You got like 25 of this model, this model, this model. Now I can see this color combo. I'd like to drive this, but really want this car. It's at another dealership. Let's trade. Now it's somebody's coming in. Sometimes we don't even have a car to test drive that's new. We're test driving a used car and we're saying, all right, so It'll be better than this. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine this looking nicer than this one. Yeah. But wait, so there's more. No, we're, 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 we're doing that. And then just kind of going over the changes that they've made over the years and saying, if you would like something that That's is readily insane. available, here's what we have. And lucky for us, we're in a really good situation because we do such a big lease business. Now, all the people that leased cars back in 18 or 19 dropping them off with no miles yeah so if you can't get a new one that's the next best thing that's the other thing i was thinking of is like these people who had leases through the pandemic mm -hmm. especially like in a luxury type car or whatever they more than likely didn't have to go in the office for the last very little for the mm -hmm. last 18 months yeah. so they're not even close on their mileage so you're getting these things that are like garage baby kept you know like mm -hmm. they're in good condition they're barely driven it's worth a lot more. That's probably why used car prices or leases are going up. Oh, for sure. And yeah. there's just a lot of buzz on it. I mean, yeah. you know, everywhere you go, you, 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 you hear it either in the news and chatter. People are paying more money for everything right now, for whether sure. it's steak in the grocery store, whether it's money, more money for a house, whether it's, you know, uh, your car just got into a wreck and now insurance isn't going to pay out as much as what they originally would have because the cost of parts has gone up. Everything has, has gone up over the past year and a half. Um, but you know what? There's a lot of ways that you can take advantage of that right now. So the last question I had about the industry overall, because I, I love cars. I'm a car person. I, my goal is to have five or six cars someday. Not, not crazy luxury. What can you stop by? I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working my way up. Yeah. I got to try to get my wife to agree, but like, I've got three cars now. I'm trying to get a fourth car. Like I'm trying to expand, sure. but hybrids. So like, I've always felt that hybrids were cool 
but yeah. also cost effective because I'm saving money on the pump. And right now gas is going to be getting worse and worse. So like in your opinion, when is a hybrid good? You know, when should you go for a hybrid? When shouldn't you go for it? Cause there's all these studies about when it makes sense or not. Sure. How do you help people decipher that decision? Man, that's a great, that's seriously a great question. So everything I mean, is, you know, unique. Alan, I'm really good. Like you're good at the car buying experience. I'm good at the question. Yeah. You should start up a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should start I'm up a podcast yeah, or do something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I really, I, I wish there was a one size fits all answer, yeah. but so it, I, I'm just going to, we're going to freestyle this here. You personally, how many miles do you drive a year? Like 16,000 probably, but, but I drive quite a bit. I feel. Is it mostly highway or is it mostly city? A lot of highway. A lot of highway. Yeah. Okay. So the interesting thing about hybrids, and this is great for anybody who's listening to this to, to really like chew on for a second is hybrids have much better city mileage. You're not getting a ton better on the highway is really? you would with the gas car. Huh. The biggest thing is your swing is different. So I'm just going to use a Lexus ES. It's our best-selling sedan. The gas ES is anywhere between 30 miles per gallon on the highway and 32. The hybrid is 43 on the highway. However, in the city with the gas car, it's in the low 20s. But in the city with the hybrid, it's 45. Wow. If you do a ton of city driving... And you're putting mileage on your car, hybrid's going to be the better option. But see, and I would have thought it would be, you know what I mean? Like just logically, yeah. I would have no, thought I, if I'm buying a lot of gas, hybrid would be better. Most people have. Now, the other thing too yeah. is let's say that you're buying something strictly to put the miles on and you don't really need something with all the frills. There's a lot of economy cars. I'm just saying this because I started with the Chevys. There's, there's Chevys, uh, yeah. the Cruze, the Malibu that are mid to upper 30s on the highway on a gas car. Ford Focuses, those Ford kind of Focuses. cars all day long. Mazda 3, and they drive. Honda yeah. Civic, Toyota Corolla, all of these things. So you really got to ask yourself, you know, especially if you're going the used route, does it make more sense for me to spend more money? Because the resale value and hybrids right now are crazy. You're paying a lot of money to get into a hybrid, and you got to ask yourself, well, am I really going to see a return on that? See, and like, I, I mean, everyone makes you think that you're going to see a return on that. But to your point, only it makes more sense like, my wife drives a lot of not city, but you know, stop and go traffic, which is city driving. Usually, when she's she trying to get, get away hybrid. from you, right? Yeah, she drives very fast. <laughs> but then she should get the hybrid, not me, because she's getting better mileage than I am, who's driving on the highway. Yeah, huh. I, and, and I'm just using this as an example. So one of my one of my close friends, Eric, um, wanted to get into a hybrid. He's flirting with the idea of a sedan, flirting with the idea of an SUV. It was pretty much open. So he came to me as like, Alan, I trust you. Here's my situation. I'm open minded. What do you think? So he came in looking for an ES hybrid or an NX hybrid or even potentially a UX, which is our smallest SUV. And they asked him, I'm like, dude, how many miles a day are you driving? He's like, well, you know, it's all highway. I live kind of right by Mid uh, Midway Airport. And I think I'm, I think he's driving out to Lake Forest or he, he was driving like straight 60. shot, but it's 94 all the way up. Yeah, yeah. He, he was driving each each day, I think, well over 60 miles each way. And I said, all right, so why do you want to get into a hybrid? He's like, because I'm spending my arm and a leg on gas. He's like, are you aware that your hybrid is really not going to get that much better gas mileage on the highway? He's like, no, I wasn't, man. But thank you for bringing that up. Here's, here's my comfort zone as far as payment. Anything below that is a bonus. So he came in, mind you, on a luxury sedan. Specifically, he was going to look at an ES that hybrid-wise would have retailed somewhere in the low 30s. I ended up showing him a 2015 Chevy Cruze that gets... 38 miles per gallon on the highway because it was the eco model comparable gas mileage to our hybrid on the highway 
way less money. The guy left him like a $250 a month car payment and he's doing backflips. He's killing it. Yeah. So it always helps to have a friend in this business where you can just say, hey, here's my situation. What do you recommend? And that's, again, not to plug it too hard, but why I created this thing. So you can go and see the exact gas mileage. And just to touch on hybrids, a lot of them even use premium gas. So if you're spending a dollar more per gallon for premium gas, premium gas on a hybrid, that's offsetting all your, your, your numbers right there. Who really totally. wins? Yeah. yeah. So, so let's talk. So now that we've talked about the industry as a whole, let's talk about why someone should see Alan to get a car, right? So why someone should drive with Al. So talk about this cheat seat. Where did it come from? Is this yours? Like how would people use this? How do they get it? Yeah. So this is all mine. I asked myself again, like we spoke about in the beginning of this, I don't believe in selling. I believe in serving. So why not answer as many frequently asked questions as we can before I even hop on the phone with somebody. So this right here really is just a one page PDF. All of this is just links. So you go to, if, if, if you, uh, if you're interested in getting it, by the way, www.ultimateusedcarcheatsheet.com. Just, you know, fill out the form and let me know what email to send it to. But the first thing up front is it's going to let you know which cars use premium gas. So 91 versus 87, which is the unleaded regular stuff. That's going to redirect you to a website called fueleconomy.gov, where you can go and plug in just about every single car on the market, and you can see what you're going to expect as far as gas mileage, along with which ones they use. Now, the next thing is a 10-year cost of maintenance study. This is really, really, really important, especially if you're going to buy a car, not lease it, and you're going to keep it for a while. Would I sound crazy if That's I told me. you? I feel like seven to 10 years is where I win. For sure. If, yeah. But if I, so you're saying I need to pay attention to the maintenance of that seven to 10 year? 100%. So okay. out of respect for the brands, I'm just going to leave them out. Yeah. But if you go here, you will see a study. And over the course of a 10 year period between the highest brand and the lowest brand, over $10,000 difference in the cost of maintenance. It's oh. crazy. It's nuts. But that's also playing into effect if what the resale value is of cars. If you look at a lot of the German cars, I love them. They're fun to drive. They drive great. They look great. Yeah. But because they're so much more expensive to fix, resale value goes in the tank, which yeah. means if you're looking for a cheap luxury car, gets, get one of those as soon as it goes out of warranty because it doesn't hold its value as much. Now, the other thing too, <clears throat> there's a tab that says find common complaints for each vehicle. Believe it or not, there's actually a website called carcomplaints.com, which is pretty self-explanatory. It's a forum where you can go and you can just plug in the model that you're looking at. And there's actual people that said, hey, this happened at this miles. This is a reoccurring problem. And this is what the cost to fix is. You can spend hours on this website. The next thing is reliability studies. This has links to the past 10 years of J.D. Power dependability reports. Again, don't take my word for it. I'm a car salesman. You're a realtor. We don't have the best reputation. Take the expert's viewpoint on it. And again, that's all the stuff that's on here. Safety ratings, self-explanatory, best certified use program, self-explanatory. So I figured, why don't I send this to somebody before we hop on the phone? That way, when I make a recommendation, they're that much more receptive to it. And then as soon as they land on something, I can say, go on Google and fool around with the payment calculator. So you kind of have an idea before we talk, that way you don't come in and think that you can get a $40,000 car for $400 a month with no money down. So it's best for everybody. Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, you uh, 
we, I think we've known each other maybe a year or so, year and a half. And I feel like we have a lot in common. For one, we're uh, in, a, in industries that have bad stereotypes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, real estate and uh, car uh, dealerships. But you're different. Uh, and I've seen you out in the field. We met networking. Um, you're very much a relationship-based business from everything that I get from you. Uh, can you talk a little bit why that's so important to you uh, when you're taking care of people and supporting them? Uh, Absolutely. Car buying stuff. Um, you know, I, I've said since I started in the business, cars are cheap. Relationships are expensive. If yeah. you blow somebody away and give them a rock star experience and, you know, just, just really deliver on that wow factor, they're going to tell the world about you. It doesn't matter how good of a salesperson I am. I'll give you an example. I could have the perfect one-liners, overcome every objection, whatever it is, the perfectly worded sentence. There's only 24 hours of the day, and there's only one of me. So max capacity, I'm capped by time. But let's say I've got a 1,000 happy customers that know me, that like me, that trust me, that are all on Facebook. And somebody just happens to say the word car or in one of these buy-sell trade groups or, you know, Everything Schaumburg or, every, or Love Local 53, somebody asked for a recommendation. Hey, who can I trust buying a car from? I got a thousand people that will tag me just like that. Yeah. So where are you going to put your odds? Where are you going to focus on your energy? Do you want to be transactional or do you want to be relationship? Yeah. And it took me a while to realize this. I'm selling a relationship. Not everybody wants a relationship. A lot of people just want to buy a car. True. For sure. Yeah. Some people, but... I, I... Oh, no, please go yeah, ahead. I was going to say, I feel like real estate's the same way. And I feel like going into the future uh, with technology and the simplicity of it, uh, it with real estate and with car buyers, there's two different types of you know, buyers at the end of the day. There's a, somebody that just wants the transaction. Mm-hmm. It's your CarMax. It's your Carvana people on the car buying side. Transaction, simple. You're done. You're out the door. And then there's uh, for the real estate side, it's like the Redfin, the Zillow's that they make the the transaction very simple, but there's no heart in it. There's nobody actually taking care of you and supporting you uh, on that side, which I feel like when I see you in action or I go to one of your networking events, like the your genuineness makes you want to buy a car from you when that time is there. Like screw car van, screw car car max. Like go to somebody that care and that has something that they're earning your business and they want to earn that the art of the referral too, which isn't easy. Like it takes hard work to be able to give somebody that high level of service. I appreciate you saying that. I'd be real candid with you. I feel the exact same way about uh, you and the, the way that you carry yourself and not only the love local uh, 53 brand, but you know, your, your real estate business. I like to equate it to, to this. Let's say that you were going out for a nice dinner. Let's just say that you want to go out to Gibson's. If Gibson's had a drive through, would you go to it? Not at that price point, no. Right, yeah. exactly. Because there's a level of service and experience that you get when For you sure. actually go into the restaurant. The person knows your name. They know what you ordered last time. They make a recommendation. It's, it's the whole experience. And, you know, there's a buyer for everything. I'm not knocking CarMax. I'm not knocking Carvana. There's people that'll, that'll, that'll do that. And there's people that want I'm that. knocking Zillow. I'm full <laughs> disclaimer, I'm knocking Zillow. So, uh, but, but, but for me, yeah. I'm, I'm not scared to sell against it yeah. because there's only one number that's on my business card. And that's my personal self. I don't want you yeah. calling the dealership. I want you calling me. Shoot me a text. Call me. Whatever it is, if there's a way that I can serve you and make sure that you know that I'm there for you, that's, that's the name of the game. Yeah, I agree. I feel... In, in my opinion, not many people will go repeat buy from a, a car dealership, right? Typically. But in, in your experience, I feel you have a high recidivity rate, so they will keep coming back. Is that true? Uh, so 
to to directly answer that, yes. Yeah. Uh, me, I actually don't even take floor traffic anymore. As of August of last year, what I did is I retired myself from taking showroom traffic. And, and the reason why I did is that. Is like your to... name on the wall? Like, is your number retired? <laughs> Am I walking up against the Alan Stern? Number 34, the wall? Alan Stern. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's hilarious. No, it's still McGrath Lexus. It's not Stern Motors. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not but, yet. You, you know, it's it's it, it works out better for everybody because here's the way that I see it. Now I have more time to focus in on less people, which is great. Yeah. Because, you know what, if I can better serve that person, yeah. everybody wins. And let me tell you something. I'm sure you relate to this as well, being in real estate. When you are in the convincing business of trying to convince a stranger 100%. who does not know you, like you, or trust you yeah. to part with tens of thousands of dollars and you're starting from scratch every day, eventually you get burned out. Yeah, I started my business doing online leads. And it's, uh, it, there's, it's really hard to – not that I wasn't up for the challenge to build the relationships, but I feel like if you go about – building relationships in ways that are authentic to you, you, uh, those, you attract the right people that will want to buy from you. Simple. A hundred percent. And there's not a lot of selling that goes into it at that point. It's catching up with an old friend. Yeah. So with that, like, do you do anything like after somebody buys a car with you and obviously not everyone, but like, is there, do you have like a, what's your workflow? Do you, how do you stay in touch with people as they evolve or, I add 100% of my customers on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn so they can see my stuff. I can see their stuff. I can chime in, engage on some of their things. Um, my target customer is somebody who's in business for themselves. It doesn't have to be a business owner. It could be a salesperson like yourself. Uh, it could be an insurance agent. It could be uh, you know, a loan officer. Whatever it is, I find that I just I, I click with those people the best because they're doing the same thing that we're all doing. Yeah. They're in the trenches marketing themselves. They see the stuff that I'm doing. They're like, you know what? Alan's working his tail off. I can, I, I can vibe with that. And I'd rather give business instead of spend money. And that's one thing that I'm sure that you guys have, have really uh, come in tune with over the past couple of years. There's a lot of people that are very conscious that when they spend money, they like to give business to somebody that they either know, like, or trust and uh, know that somebody's going to be there for them. And I have a, a feeling like from only knowing you two or three times now, if I were to come to you and I was looking for a car and I was like, Hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm trying to do. If you couldn't give me what I wanted, you'd be like, Hey, look, like I can refer you somewhere else or I just can't help you, which I think is the ultimate compliment for a sale. Right. right for someone in your your position, instead of selling me on something that I don't really authentically want, you would actually help me find whatever it is I needed somewhere else. Or you'd say, I can't help. I appreciate you saying that a hundred, a hundred percent. The reality that is trust piece. I'm more scared of selling you the wrong car yeah. than you are of me closing you into something. Because Dude, guess what? Way, if I yeah. see you at a networking event and you talk behind my back and say, oh, he stuffed me in this. I can't stand this car. It's a lemon. My reputation shot. Or I see you in the parking lot. I speed up a little bit. <laughs> that's when you know you've given me the right. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, though, I think that's the highest compliment. And I think Jason does the same thing. I do the same thing. If I can't help you, I'm going to tell you. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. going to try to help you. I'm going to try to get you to someone who can help you. But mm. if I can, I'm going to say I can't help you. 100%. And I think that's the right way to, to do business. For sure. If somebody comes in and there's zero flexibility on car and they say, hey, I want a Chevy or I want a Honda or I want a Toyota or whatever it is, and I'm looking to lease and I want to go brand new, I'm not going to try and sell you into something that I have just because it's best for me if it's not what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wins you'll, there. You'll lose at the end of the day. Exactly. That's the highest level of compliment I think you can give to somebody in our industries is they're going to try to find the right fit, and if they can't, they're going to tell you. For sure. You know? um, the last thing I have is I went I went on to Indie, um LinkedIn. I went into Facebook. I was starting to look through your profiles. 
I have to know what's the deal with the suits, the Dr. Seuss outfit. Like you have these crazy outfits that you wear at times. Talk a little bit about that. I love your personality. It comes out in, in your profession. And I think that that's unique. So tell us a little bit about how that came about. I just try to be a real person. That's the reality. At the, at the end of the day, I've got a big personality. I'm sarcastic. I'm not afraid to, uh, uh, you know, make, a, make an ass out of myself, for lack of better words. I, I appreciate what you said the other day. You know, I take my job and my career very seriously. But life, you know what? Sometimes it's better if you're not so uptight. I mean, for if sure. I was a, a, a suit and tie talking head with zero energy on Facebook, it's a hi, I'm Alan Stern. <laughs> you should buy a car for me because I'm Alan Stern. Click the link below to be connected to so 1980s and 90s of like how to market or advertise. Right. No offense. I see some car dealerships out there that are doing Facebook ads that it's it's not too far off from that. But that's why like the realness. It's not just car dealerships. It's real. Just people do that too. But definitely see that. But the realness. People want real people. Real things that uh, like to have fun and enjoy themselves, but they're really good at whatever their craft is, mm. right? Yeah. In, in, in comedy and humor is, if you can make people laugh, you're, you're doing, doing, doing great things in business. I, one of my mentors, uh, Billy Jean, actually said, boring will put you out of business. And at the end of the day, when you're on sure. social media, you want to meet the customer where they're at. And they're on there to be entertained. So if you can sure. entertain people and still showcase your business, which you see all of the memes in all of the videos of sure. bad things that happen when you buy a car without calling me first, <laughs> it's entertaining. And if somebody actually buys a car without calling me first and they had a lousy experience, it a lot resonates. of I mean, you told them. <laughs> right? told I, them. I, I did tell you bad things could happen. And, uh, you know, same thing with the other videos that you uh, see me um, come up with of why you shouldn't wait too long to replace your car. Because all of a sudden you're going about your daily life and you just get blindsided by an ugly car repair. And when somebody comes in and says, yeah, you know what? I like this car, but I don't know if now is the right time. We want to wait a little bit longer. All right, Mr. Customer, have you seen what happens when you wait too long to replace your car? So do you think it's in your best interest to replace the car? Okay, cool. Let's go ahead and take the next step. Whatever it is, you can have fun with it. I will say since I started following your social media, it is, I find enjoyable to see your memes, to see what it is you're posting. And I, it's not that, like I feel like I'm going to go buy a car, but when I'm ready to buy a car, I feel I would go to you because I'm I, I creating a relationship through the time. Thank you. Toyota so, Corolla, here we come. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, Alan, my cup is pretty dry here. So that means it's about time to wrap it up. So uh, before we go, I really want to thank you for sitting down with us today, discussing car buying experiencing experiences, talking a little bit about the market, which I think is great. It seems like you're very knowledgeable on it. Now I feel more knowledgeable and giving us some tips that people can really use to get them in the right direction when they want to buy a car used, lease, new, whatever it is. I know for some of us, uh, I might be ready to pull the trigger, which I feel like I'm going to get your number at the end of this. We're going to start talking. But if you need to get a car, you have to make sure that you call Alan first. So if people are trying to find you or get a hold of you, how do they do it? Let's go on Facebook, type in Alan Stern. I think the URL is the Alan Stern. Um, like the, the Ohio State, the Alan Stern. <laughs> the, the, the you for Miami, yeah. right? Oh, my God. That's, that's funny. Um, the best thing would just be just get the ultimate used car cheat sheet. I'll reach out to you. My number's right on it. My personal cell is 847-917-4210. And, you know, here, here's all I ask. Again, if – you're not in the immediate market and you're just curious let's have a conversation it might make more sense than you think 
because of yeah. where the market is at on certain cars. Like if you're driving a Tesla right now or you're driving a hybrid and you're just not in love with it or you're driving something that's got crazy high resale right now, like a Jeep Wrangler, a Toyota 4Runner, a pickup truck, specifically if it's diesel or you got a cargo van that you're just not using anymore, the thing's probably worth way more money than you think it is. Yeah. Um, take advantage of that. Take advantage of it. Um, so if you just want to have a conversation, give me a call or get the cheat sheet. Yeah. I don't think you'll regret it. No, I appreciate you coming on the show today just to be able to educate our audience. It's super important. And uh, my friends, uh, Alan Stern is love local approved. Like we're not putting anybody on here that we don't believe is going to give you a high level of service at the end of the day. And it's truly uh, really great at their craft. And what you know about Alan is he likes to have fun too. So thanks, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, for sure. For Mike and Jason, thanks for listening to Love Local today. Every community is made up of unique and interesting people. Alan Stern is just another example of that. So until next time, support local, love local, and we are all stronger together. Peace out, friends. Peace.